0: Shut up, and sit down.
1: Well, it is a... uh somber wednesday morning as i record this uh all by myself in my humble abode um this is the new utah podcast uh this will be episode number 24 uh we spent the evening last night at the utah democratic party downtown at the sheraton um it was uh among being a disappointing night it was actually a very fun night um yeah, I don't know what to say. Um, we had planned on getting a bunch of audio last night. Um, as it turns out, following Misty K. Snow around, uh, helping her get to and from the million interviews that she had, um, the amazing support. Uh, the community gave Misty at that convention is, it was just fantastic. And it reinforces my thoughts all along that the Democratic Party in the state of Utah uh, really should have put some support behind her. She has come out uh, of this election. I don't know that anyone genuinely thought she would actually win. I don't know that Misty genuinely thought that she would actually win. Um, I know deep down inside, she was hopeful. uh, But let's, Let's be real. It's Utah. Uh, a Democrat uh, winning a Senate seat is, is almost impossible, um, but she did really well. She did 30% roughly. Um, 30% of Utahns voted for Misty K. Snow. That says a lot. That's a huge number. Um, that's one that, you know, at the end of the day, that, that leaves a, a bit of a lasting taste in the Republican's mouth. You saw after the debates, uh, uh, the Misty, Misty K. Snow, Mike Lee debate that was held at BYU, uh, you, you saw Mike Lee begin to spend a lot of money, uh, a campaign which he had completely ignored, all of a sudden he was spending the bulk of his war chest, and I'm, I'm confident that Uh, By the time the final numbers come out, we're going to see that Mike Lee spent a tremendous amount of money to beat Missy K. Snow, who, truth be told, did not have a lot of money to spend. Uh, I think spent it very wisely, did a lot of grassroots stuff, uh, and did extremely well, Uh, even in Salt Lake County, where she was neck and neck with Mike Lee. Um, So, I'm I'm very impressed by that performance. Um, You know... the best thing, and I'll, I'm going to say this about Misty. Um, I'll talk a couple more minutes, and then I'll, I'll probably just—I'm uh, going to put up the the Carrie Jackson interview that we did uh, a few months ago. I, I promised that I'd put it up in its entirety, and it feels like uh, that interview is is probably best right here. Uh, it, it's a it's a great interview, um, and I want to have some content for you folks, so uh, we'll put that up, and and uh, you guys can enjoy that, but. I will say this about Misty K. Snow. You know, even towards the end of the night, it was, it was getting late. It was probably a, you know, 1130 or so. Uh, we had gone back to her suite to get kind of a breather, um, because it had been nonstop for, you know, at that point about four and a half hours. Uh, and she just needed, she needed a break. We all kind of did. It was really hot. Um, so we went back up to the room and as we were all kind of looking at, at polling results as, as the numbers were starting to come in from Utah from the various counties, finally getting their polls closed and their numbers turned in, um, you know, there was silver lining. She was sure very disappointed that she didn't do better than 30%. Um, she was really hoping to, to get closer to 40%, but I, I think 30% is incredibly admirable. Um, but uh she said something that just really resonated with me that, uh, she was still happy even though we had lost, you know, basically the Senate, um, the House, of course, was never really going to be a question for, for Democrats, uh, in, in the national legislature in, in DC and, and, the presidency at that point, you know, anyone with a brain did not think Hillary was going to be able to overcome the lead that Trump had had created in some of those states that that he had won, um, unexpected to the Democratic Party. Um, so it was really down night for Democrats, and she said, you know, we're winning a lot of these smaller races. Democrats are winning a lot more seats in our state Congress uh, and in our local councils than we. Thought. You know, Kathy Cantor was able to beat, uh, Snellgrove and take over that seat in the county council. Those are big things. Uh, those are, those are the steps, those are the places where our elected officials really have the most impact on our day to day lives. So it was really good to see the voter turnout yesterday, um, and really good to see those, those local officials, um, winning, uh, in, in the Democratic Party. Um, and it was really cool to to hear Misty find the light in all of that, even amongst losing and not doing as well as she wanted to, uh, even amongst having, um, you know, a presidential race that, you know, unfortunately is now going to see Donald Trump as the president of the United States, uh, with stock markets around the world kind of tanking last night. Um, it was really nice to see that. So, uh, I'm going to leave most of the Donald Trump discussion for for next week. Um, Everyone's got their own feelings about it. Um, You either love him or you hate him. Uh, I don't think, I mean, his concession speech was was fine, uh, but I don't think that his concession speech, you know, was earnest, was honest. Um, I think he said what he thought he needed to say, but I don't think it changes the kind of campaign he ran or the kind of person that he is, you know, period, at the end of the day. So that's all I'm going to say, just a few minutes. Uh, We didn't forget about you. Uh, Last night was a little crazy, but I told you we would have something this week for you. So in its entirety now, I'm going to have the Kerry Jackson interview. Thanks for listening. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, with us today we have Carrie Jackson from the Radio from Hell and Geek Show podcast. What? Oh, hi. How are you today, Carrie? Well, I'm fine. Welcome to Dink Studios. That's what you're calling the place. That's the Big name. Studios. Double
2: income, no kids.
1: I oh. <laughs> <laughs> love it. It's a very descriptive name. It is a fantastic studio, actually. It's uh, beautiful in here, it's, it's delightful.
2: A, it's, uh, it's, it's extraordinarily casual because uh, I find to facilitate conversation, you want to be in a relaxed atmosphere. And if it was, if it was a proper, you know, professional studio, people would be on
3: edge. And so i that's thats what I've done And that's why on Tuesdays we don't even wear clothes Exactly We just show up in our undies And it's pretty very very laid back I just think that's a good idea
2: <laughs> I mean for
3: the world
4: Can I take your lead and call my house Sink? sink. Single income no kids? Absolutely I love that
3: <laughs> Dual income for pugs Dual income for p- Okay Doof pour you Doof, Doof poo Doof, Doof poo There's nothing good there's, that can come of that There's a lot of <laughs> poop that comes of that I'll There's a whole that.
5: lot of poop at Josh's house <laughs>
3: all right, so where do we begin? This
2: is your show I, you know,
3: <laughs> I'm, well, I'm just a guest. Enamored. I'm I think just we guest. need to begin by stating The reason we are so interested In coming and having a conversation with you Is because we are all about A progressive Utah that most people Don't know anything about And we, we've just started talking about this But you've been living it for many years And advocating it on your, your various shows And programs and all those things So you've walked the walk You've gone 20 miles down that road, and we're, we're frantically running to catch up with you, and I'm lagging behind because I've got poor cardio, but that's not the point. <laughs> we're here to talk to you about the new Utah. So the let's,
1: new Utah. Let's start there, because you have been in Utah for a very long time. All my life. Uh, you grew up here. Born and raised, actually.
3: Small you, town. Yeah. Right here.
0: Mm-hmm. yeah. Well,
1: what got you out of that town?
3: because it was small (laughs) Uh,
2: it was it was uh honestly it was uh, entertainment got me out uh while everyone else around me was you know playing sports and going hunting and uh all that stuff i was glued to the tv i was listening to the radio i was uh, reading comic books and i was listening to comedy albums you know Bill Cosby, George Carlin, things like that and I was like I I don't I, and I would go out I I've had three four jobs in my life and the first one if you count it working on my father's farm uh that was hard work and and I realized that I didn't want to do hard work for a living <laughs> so uh but that was it it was uh it was uh high school and I started taking writing classes and acting classes the best that Spanish Fork High School could offer,
3: you know. (laughs) This is how I shot the deer by John F. Bill.
2: No, this is, they used to let you go for the deer hunt. They used to let you go for, uh, they give you like two or three days off, and it was counted. You were fine. That was fall break, Yeah, That's when fall break coincided. And and it was like, yeah, it's it's deer hunt. You've got these days off. And I'm
3: like, but I, okay. Did they call it (laughs) death days or like- Calling the natural wonders of the world days?
2: <laughs> no, they
3: called it the deer hunt. Ugh, that yeah. was it. After Petui, Josh's yeah. rant last week about hunting. I know. Yeah. I'm an well, outsider.
1: I, I've experienced similar anyway. things because I grew up in a small town too. It was the same thing. There was the beginning of the hunting season, everyone took off because otherwise yeah. more than half the school was gone anyway. Oh,
2: next week, my nephews and my brother are headed to the hills because they were lucky enough to get. I, he explained it, and now I'm going to screw it up because I didn't quite grasp it. Uh, some sort of special uh hunting license that is like by lottery and, <laughs> Probably and the elk hunt. is it the elk hunt yeah Probably. it was he got his elk uh, it was my nephew jake i believe got it and so they were all going to go and but he's the only one i think that has the license if i heard him
1: correctly that's yeah. the way it went. It's technically the only one that should be able to kill the elk right? exactly but, but they're all they're
2: happen. all going cap they
5: could so. all shoot it no one would know.
2: It's true. <laughs> so I don't, I don't see CSI out there, you know, forensicing the, the poor deer. There are
5: Dexter. three bullet holes in this deer. What's gone
1: wrong? So, Carrie, I know you were adopted. Were were your brothers and sisters also adopted as well?
2: Uh, yes, in a way. My older brother uh, was the result of uh, you know my mom, my adopted mother, my mom is what I call you know, I know we have to differentiate. Uh, gave birth to Kevin, and then uh, her husband died. Uh, shortly after, and so he never really knew his his natural father. And then my dad came along, uh, and he he was unable to 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 produce whatever needed to be produced to to make it happen. And uh, so they adopted myself and my sister. Now I was adopted out of Ogden. She was adopted out of San Bernardino. I don't think that she's gone to the length to find her adopted parents or her biological parents. Excuse me. Uh, I did. I hired a detective because my cancer doctor kept saying I sure could use a, a, a health history. It would really help me, and so I went, "Okay, fine." So my friend Mad Max knew a detective and and uh, we we found him pretty quickly and they both lived here, which was weird. Huh. And uh, I met them and I have two biological sisters. Um From because they they gave me up for adoption, she was 15 when she gave birth, and so they gave me up for adoption. But then they got married some years later, they stayed together. And uh, so I have two biological sisters. Uh, the youngest one, really attractive blonde, the older one, poor thing, looks like like me in drag. And it's uh,
3: (laughs) I know you're a handsome devil.
2: Well, I used to be, I, I used to be.
3: It's my, yeah. it's my job on the podcast to apparently hit, to hit on everyone, hit on everyone. everyone apparently. You're doing so. well. You're doing Thank well. You. Thank you. Right. Thank you for that. So what about the, the rest of your family? You, you
1: talk a lot about them being crazy.
2: Oh, that's the biological side. Okay. So They're, you're, they're, you're, they're all crazy, every <laughs> one of them. And uh, it just, uh, I, I think to myself, boy, if they had kept me, I'd probably be at point of the mountain right now, because oh, wow. the, the drama and the crazy runs deep. Uh, It really does. And they get mad at me for saying this, but, you know, I've said it to their faces. So I, you know, so so much drama. Are you in
5: contact with them now? I mean,
2: I'm in contact with the sisters. Um, The biological parents didn't take it well when I said I already have parents. I'm not looking to reconnect or make any sort of emotional circle or whatever. Uh, My birth mother really took it hard. I shouldn't have been so blunt. I should have been a little bit more gentle about it. But uh, she had to know
3: because she did, was. Did you start it yeah. with "It's not you"? <laughs> I, I should have. I should have.
2: That's, that should I, have. Better.
3: I will be your life coach the next time you want to break up kindly with someone. That's what I should. I call you. Okay. All right. Start out I'm with "It's not
5: you. you," but it kind of is, but not really. <laughs> but it was your fault.
3: Exactly. Uh,
1: did they? Did did your birth parents know who you were prior to you finding them? Did they? Uh, no, I don't think
2: they listened. Uh, I know the sisters did, because there's a story there. What and the story is um <laughs> in between KJQ and X96 I did Mornings as ZHT which I'm proud of because I did it by myself. I wrote sketches, I produced sketches, ran the board, did the whole show and um uh, the ratings went up and we were the first station to play uh, anything from Dr. Dre's The Chronic in this in this market. Oh, so nice. so I was nice. I was happy to be a part of that. Uh but um uh, uh, on weekends, one of the jobs that I got with the station was there was a club downtown, notorious club called the Vortex. The Vortex. And, the Vortex. Uh, yeah, exactly. And on Saturday nights, what they would do is they would patch in the the board from the from the uh, DJ booth into the radio station. So from ten to midnight, which is FCC safe harbor, by the way. Um, we, were, we, we had that patch. I'll explain that in a moment. We'll have that. That means that you could, between 10 p.m. and 6 a.m., legally you can swear on the air. Anything goes? That's so cool. They I have to. That's still the case? That is still the case. They have to do that because if they were to say you can't say certain words 24-7, that's, that's a violation, that's of violation of the First, of the first Amendment. First Amendment. Yeah. So they have to give you that. So And a lot of stations don't exploit that, and, and, and ZHT did when I was there. We didn't, we didn't purposely go out of the way, but we, we didn't have a delay, and we weren't worried about it. So, but uh, I would walk around the club as the music was playing, and I had a microphone which tapped into the radio stations, portable microphone. And my job was to let the music play on the station and occasionally jump in. And I, and, you know, hey, we're having a great time down here at the vortex, and, and this is uh, this is Coco, and she's you know doing shots, and you know, and that and that sort of stuff. We can't find her top. Where but is her top? <laughs> exactly. What well, was at that time was post breakup, like a big one, it just did hit me hard, and so I was drowning my sorrows in pussy, and uh, <laughs> there was there was like so many do. There were two very attractive blondes there. And, oh, no. and I was, Sorry, I was hitting cool. on them see, and, and, uh, and one of them The one I was hitting on Didn't work But her friend It did uh, So I, I took her friend home Flash forward years Down the road And I, I meet my birth mother And my two birth sisters For the first time And as we're leaving uh, The older sister and mom Went somewhere I can't remember And it was just me and her In the parking lot talking And she says You don't remember me do you? Oh, no. <laughs> went, oh, yeah. At the board and she explained it because for a moment I was like, "Oh God, was that you?" Because you were great uh, for my sister. Uh, <laughs> I said, "No, you took my friend Jenny home, but you didn't. You know, I, there was just something about it that I felt uncomfortable." And well, because
1: that- you look like her sister,
2: I guess. <laughs> you, know, like, you know, so. In Except not in drag, but because. but not in drag. Uh, yeah, so that was that was weird. so she was aware of me i don't I don't know if the others were. Well, but that's, uh, uh, anyway.
1: that's pretty crazy stuff. <laughs> We're we are <laughs> we opening Lucky the book of Carrie been the first right in the middle.
2: I want you to know that may have been the first time that I've told that story on the record. <laughs> I a- think that may be the first time
5: I've told this story on the Breaking record. Breaking news. Maybe. Wow. I could be wrong. Our seven listeners are going to be so excited.
0: Well,
1: you've done a, a ton of interviews, and we, we kind of wanted to stay away from a lot of the stuff that, that has been talked about. All right. Because, you know, you can hear it anywhere. You know, I, I've. Listen to several in-depth interviews. I know Jess has as well. So we we wanted to kind of touch on some topics and, and okay. talk about some things that were a little bit different. We wanted to connect with you as a person, well, it's your show. Well,
3: it's your show. Let's do it. <laughs> and maybe drink and well, have a cigar. Yeah. What do you have in there? This is a nice Kurosatis, uh that is actually from Scotland. They don't actually... Um, import it? Yeah. They don't import it here, at least. And so... Jess was kind enough to share, and the flask actually came from Jeremy. Very cool flask, <laughs> yeah. KGB flask.
2: Now, is this is this from Russia? You've been to Russia. No, I have not been to Russia. I've been to Russia, and and this is this su- is similar. I have I have some pins like this. It's supposedly are, surplus. Yeah,
5: it's, uh, it's supposed to be the real deal, or I got had.
2: Oh, I've got I've got several pins that look like that that have like Stalin on them and things like that. Please mm-hmm. please have some. Oh, please, I would I would be honored if you'd partake. Jess is I mean, uh, so.
3: Jess is an acquirer of great scotches. Don't
2: worry the. Uh, the alcohol will
3: kill the germs. I'm not worried. That's how flasks. As far work, as I'm, right? I mean, I'm hearing your history. I'm like, wow, that's me. Ooh, that's smooth. Very, very smooth. That's very for a single good malt stuff. Scotch. Mm. Welcome
1: to as much as you mm. like. Thank you. So, I would like to talk a little bit about your job, though. Mm. Um, yes. So, a lot of people talk about you as being an influential character in their lives. Is that? Uh, Flattering? Is that sort of a, an eye-rolling thing for you? I mean, what do you think about that? I, I
2: never thought of myself that way. But as I get older, and I've been doing this for so long, I'm, I'm beginning to hear more and more stories, uh, people who have come up to me and said, this meant a lot when you said or when you did, you know, this. Uh, it started with the cancer. Um, I talked to a lot of guys who, who said that, uh, you know, after hearing your story, I, I went and got checked, and sure enough, you know, so that's, that's good. Um, but, uh, no, it, 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 I was uncomfortable with it for a very long time. And then uh, uh, on Geek Show of the past uh, few years, it's become kind of this thing, and it's, uh, I, I tout the influence of Lee and Jay um, to make it motivational, and they created this thing, Geek Show Fit, which, mm-hmm. which was originally just going to be fitness, and it's, it's now become like this emotional support group as well, uh, you know, kind of a rah-rah show, you know, for people who are unsure of whether to, you know, pursue their hopes or dreams or whatever, or do the right thing even. Uh, so I'm, I'm more comfortable with it. And, and if, if, if I can help anybody in any way, hey, that's terrific if I can. Mostly I feel like I hurt. But <laughs> 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 but, well, uh, your stories
6: about anxiety and stuff I know have kind of helped me with. Is that right? Stuff. Oh,
2: yeah. It's, uh, yeah, it's, 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 there's a lot of shit out there that, that, uh, I think a lot of, mostly guys, but also just a lot of people, um, are uncomfortable talking about stuff that, because, you know, we're, we're supposed to be the tough guys. We're supposed right. to, right. We're not supposed to, you know, have anxiety pushing a shopping cart in a grocery store. That, that one just, I thought was totally crazy. And, and, then I talk to my therapist about it, and he's like, "Oh no, you'd be surprised. That's, it's it, you know, it's it's not the cart, it's not that, it's something else. But it manifests itself because of the cart and the
3: story. It, you know, it, it's a whole thing. Anyway, get, <laughs> well, ther- it, <laughs> get therapy is what I'm saying. From my perspective, yeah. when I hear someone that is living a lifestyle that I I admire and is representing a lifestyle that I admire, and they're talking about things that I feel it make it it validates uh, parts of my existence. Like oh. This is more normal than I think. I don't have to hide it or I don't have to be ashamed of it. So, in honor of that, I start every podcast with a cry.
2: Really? Yeah. Every, in we fact, usually close ours. That's that's innovative to do it at the beginning. Well,
3: you know, I'm a I'm a progressive person. That's,
2: yeah, that's a chance. I, I'm not sure I'm willing to take that chance.
3: And we have a hug off at the end. Okay. It's like having dessert first. And sometimes we touch each other's weenies, but not not often. No, I mean, Chris is happens. still that, kind of opening up. The I head. wait. I wait for the mics to be off. For oh, that. good. That's probably a better idea. Josh just goes upstairs
1: and passes out on the couch. <laughs> the He's got a sneeze though.
3: He's kind of like the J of our show. Oh, I sense. see. Okay. <laughs> Flatterer.
1: So I, I have a question. You know how you probably won't answer it. Maybe you'll tell me we'll out there. I've always been curious with with Geek Show in particular. Yes, we talk about fans that that follow you guys and like you guys. Who is Skinsuit?
2: I don't know his name. I honestly, I, he has a name. Jeff found his name, and I have I am so bad at names that I've forgotten his name. But he is a guy who lives here in town who. Follows us everywhere and talks to himself and is creepy and has a criminal past. And still does. And still does. And he really disturbs us. And so he is... And not just us. He started uh, following some of the other podcasts. I know the girls from Hello, Sweetie are oh, kind of having oh, trouble geez. with him, too. But I don't know his name, but I could spot him a mile. He's, he kind of scares me.
0: That's uh that's
1: I mean, it,
2: it would be fine if he were... If he just... I mean, he's got this kind of weird vibe about him, and he tends to just you, you 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 know you turn around and whoa there he is. He's quiet, but then he'll you know occasionally talk to himself and. And occasionally you'll be saying something into a microphone and he's there next to you and he's talking. And, it, you know, it's just <laughs> this weird, it, it's just this weird guy. Uh, but, uh, yeah, he, he does exist. He is real. And ah. and we call him Skinsuit because uh, Shannon is convinced that one of these days he's going to kill us all and make a suit out of all of
3: our skins. <laughs> yeah, all our silence <laughs> of the lambs. Which, which part of your body do you hope <laughs> that he uses from you? Which, I mean, you know, if he's wearing you. Like- I would just
2: advise him not to use any of the torso. You know, okay. Because I got the big scar yeah. and and I'd rather him use someone else. I think he should use Jay's wiener, not mine.
3: Okay. I mean <laughs> so, if you're if you're picking. Weirdo, yeah, if you're listening, cool. yeah. take notes, please. <laughs> <laughs>
2: no, I, I uh, I've I've been asked many times to do something about him, but my response has always been I hate to say it, but this is the way it is with stalkers in the business. And that is until he does something you you really can't do anything. you can 't do anything, and all he's doing is what you told him to do. show up at an event,
1: you know exactly, exactly. so there's nothing you can do about that. Do you have any good stalker stories Good ones <laughs> uh, <laughs> I mean obviously that's a creepy one so. i mean I
2: mean I mean just you guys that's <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh you've seen me,
2: you've yes, see.
1: My neighbor's been meaning to talk to you about oh, yeah. is that why you don't grow tomatoes out in the backyard because he's around is that, <laughs> I, wish that was, I wish
2: I had a better answer than that's the only place i get full sun. I wish I had a better answer
1: would you grow growing up as a on a farm would you grow more things if you had you know if I
2: had a place that had more open sunlight I might uh because we we did it all on the farm i mean the the carrots were my job uh for some reason i i Probably because I loved them more than just about anything. I, the carrots were my job. You you plant the carrots, you keep them thinned, and and if you keep them thinned, then they can grow bigger. And that was that was my job. Uh, and then you know you'd sell tomatoes in the fall and and all that, and you had to go out and th- the, the cucumbers and the pumpkins and the whole thing. Dad had rhubarb as well. That was weird. Thank mm. you. I I never rhubarb. never liked rhubarb. We used to get our asparagus from the side of the
5: road. Oh yeah, wild asparagus. Yeah,
2: down in in the swampy areas of Salem. You'd go you'd go driving and mom would occasionally stop and there'd be some asparagus just growing on the side of the road
3: and you'd get it up. You know. Living there. so many cool video games. <laughs> like, <laughs> hello Fallout 4, I'm just going to... Fo- hold on, I have to stop and forage this. What the fuck are you doing? <laughs>
6: Excuse me. <laughs> there we go.
3: Jeremy's an urban farmer. Yes. So.
6: so do you have chickens?
5: Yes, chickens, bees, but no rhubarb. No rhubarb. Please.
6: He has corn.
2: Corn. Now the chickens. Yes, are they a problem? Mm. Only
6: for Ebo.
5: Well, my shitty little wiener dog likes to eat them. Yeah. But aside from that, no. But
2: I mean, they're not noisy or anything. Because I've been talking at all of these yuppies out of raising chickens because they come to me because they go, "You're farm boy," and I'm like, "No, chickens are awful. <laughs> they're the worst things in the world."
5: Our yard's big enough, mm-hmm. and then oh, I'd, so you let them run, okay. and I've got a farm behind me. Oh, well, there you go. So you're fine. No,
2: it's 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 different if you're when surrounded you're, by houses
5: yeah. it's different i've i've got yeah. one neighbor next to me and then that's it cuz we're we're at the we're in a End of the cul-de-sac yeah. and then there's nothing but farm behind us for now until they
2: I can't tell you how many times these yuppies who have moved into this neighborhood, they knock on my door with their NPR shirts on and you know
0: <laughs> clearly
2: you've donated. Thank you. Um, you know, whatever on it's like hey, you're a
3: farm boy. I was curious. I'm like, No,
2: no to the chickens, they're
3: terrible. <laughs> they are the worst creatures. Do they use the NPR voice when they're asking you this? Because that would be dead sexy. About chickens. They keep your yard rodent free though, right? Oh yeah, they love mice.
5: They love mice. Mice bugs Snakes oh, yeah. are the only thing Our chickens won't eat But Baby snakes
2: They'll eat baby snakes Yeah
5: Where'd They might eat them? a small, the small ones yeah. They'll they'll destroy a snake But they won't eat it yeah. As long as it's dead That's right That's, That's all I care crazy. about
3: There's like a snake There's like a chicken fight club In his backyard But nobody talks oh. about Chicken fight club uh, I'll talk about Chicken fight club <laughs> <laughs> My
2: brother He uh, <laughs> I made the mistake Of bringing it up uh, This past week And he He never told his wife That he used to that they would have cockfights in the in the <laughs> in the hen house with him and his friends and and she's like well this is the first time hearing of this oh,
3: no. i'm like oops oh, i thought you know you've been married Is, that is long. she vegan and
2: kind No of no she just uh i she was just upset that there was a part of his life that he, she didn't know or mm. something like that i mean it is disturbing to hear that your your husband used to
1: you know you get,
2: organize cockfights with the neighbors and do
1: you you know, get in trouble for that sort of stuff a lot when you mention things like that mm, and on the air? occasionally
6: <laughs> not not
2: often though, because it's it's like I tell everyone they they say, "Are you uncomfortable with people knowing so much about you?" I said, "Remember, you only know about me what I want you to or allow you to know about me." There are a lot of things that I'm not going to bring into the studio near any mic. So
1: it's a it's a good rule of thumb. Yeah, there, always
2: always be aware. Even if the mic is off, it could be going off if you're near an open microphone. And these days, shit, you got phones, your your phones, phones yeah. you know.
1: That's practically
2: an open mic.
1: So, Although, with the change to the uh, dropping of the uh, audio ports, it can be harder to plug
5: those into mixers. Yeah, that's true.
3: <laughs> I'm not going to upgrade to those. I'm All just right. going to stay with this one. You're talking about the iPhone 7? Yeah. Yeah. I love the iPhone 7 memes that are coming out. Like, this is actually worse than it used to be. <laughs> we're going to make a million on it. It's so funny. I saw that post with the, with,
5: uh, the Millennium Falcon and said something like, the Millennium Falcon could travel faster than the speed of light. And he had a phone jack. <laughs> <he's got> his- <laughs> he,
1: did. he did. That's right. That's yeah. really funny. What, uh, Carrie, we're in a room full of toys talking yes. about the Millennium Falcon because it's right in front of me. Yeah. There's three of them in here. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what do you do to keep control of that? I don't have kids. I, I'm not, <laughs> you, I mean, I know it's what, a dink here, because this what, is a lot smaller than it used to be. Oh, we yeah. talked about getting rid of a lot of them. Yeah. But, but how do you control what you buy now? Uh, that's, a, that's a learned
2: process. That is something that you have to make a decision one day when you realize it's getting out of control. Again, therapy, I advocate. Uh, you've just got to decide. There, there's a lot of shit that I pass up in the stores that I just don't buy anymore. I'm like, oh, I'd love to have that. But really? See, so like right now, I think I may have left it upstairs. Right now there is uh, a pre-order for something that I said 20 years ago, if that ever gets, avail- ever gets made, I'm getting it. And, and I think it's Sideshow Collectibles is doing a life-size R2-D2. Oh, wow. On three legs. You know, he's got the three-leg pose. Remote control? Uh, not remote control. That's the thing is it doesn't do anything. Uh. It, it's highly detailed. It looks like it's a movie prop, but it does not move. It does make noise when you press buttons, and it does light up. The head does not turn on its own. You can turn it. Can you put drinks and glasses no. in the... the <laughs> no. That's what? just it. No, okay, and, and, here's the, and here's the thing.
4: $7,500.
2: Whoa.
1: You sh- can build a working one for that. I, I would think yeah. you could.
4: You I would think you could. that guy at Comic-Con. That yeah, I think. Drives around. But,
2: but he's he's playing that same rule, the Tom servo over here. He's playing the same rule. No, you've got to build it yourself. I'm not going to. Build one and sell it to you, because I've already asked him. Well, that's all the, that's yeah. all
1: those guys. There's a whole club of guys
2: that do oh, yeah. nothing
0: but build
1: those
2: And they're all them. saying the same thing to me. No, you have to build it yourself. It's, it's the integrity. I'm like, would you just shut up and take my money?
3: The integrity. <laughs> you know? The integrity. Yeah. Integrity. Do it, do it on the sly. Your friends don't need to know. And how much do you charge for the little people that hang out inside there? And <laughs> it, 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 I, 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 I rent them. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Uh,
0: yeah,
2: so anyway, but that's. But no, you have to decide. You you have to reach a point in your life where you go, yeah, I'd really like that butt. And uh, every time I go to every Wednesday when I'm at Dr. Volts, there's something. You know, and Dave's there with it. You know, he's the drug pusher. He's,
3: you know. <laughs> oh, by the way, uh, did, you know, there's these Funko Pops, and uh, they're, you know, oh, God.
0: <laughs> so for me, like my it? determining
3: factor. Oh, I'm sorry, yeah, Jess. I'm good. My, my deciding factor is I have no more room to put anything. That, that also helps.
2: If you, if you just eliminate all your shelf space, then, then there's no room. Uh, the, the latest indulgence that I'm having is these uh, reaction figures. Here, let me show
3: you. All
1: the reactions are great.
2: The reaction figures are just awesome. Um,
3: you can't see it, podcast listeners, but he's walking over to a treasure trove of really cool stuff.
2: Because in the 70s, when I was a kid... You never would have gotten a line of Jaws action figures. I mean, the Alien action figures were... were molds were made and prototypes were put out. And the, the first one that they released was an 18-inch tall of the Alien itself, right? Yeah. And it was released. Parents' groups went apeshit because this R-rated film. That was their thing. This R-rated film and you're selling toys to children. So it, it got pulled pretty quickly. My friend Bart got one. It was really cool. But you'd never get alien action figures, and then Reaction bought these molds, for the alien action figures of, of Ripley and of yeah. Ash, and, and, and we finally got alien action figures. So I them. And they're the bad 1970s style, but Reaction has been putting out action figures of, of properties that you wouldn't get.
1: With like the four points of articulation With the
2: bad four, four and five <laughs> points of articulation And so there's Rocky Horror Picture Show oh, That's you know, what fantastic.
5: makes it cool though Having the bad paint job like when we were kids yeah. I mean
2: look at that it's, it's not a great action figure by today's standards And even the packaging is retro oh, yeah, it's, it's
5: very simple you know You rang. Just the
2: action figure <laughs> stuck in a bubble I mean, You'd never get Janet Weiss in her underwear In an action figure when I was a kid you know. <laughs> yes. Don't you hurt her so. Frank and <laughs> <laughs> So th- that's been my latest indulgence, and they don't take up too much room. So I've been, and they're all in the TV room. Those are now. cool. What's, I love Rocky Horror.
1: What's the one thing that if you if you saw it available, you could not pass up no matter the price? <sighs> and I,
2: I say that
1: you know no matter the price it doesn't ever really exist. But well, like I said, if that if that R two D two was did what what that R two D two does?
0: Where where'd he go?
2: He's over there. He's over there against the wall. Now that R two D two is is the tiger uh, toy one, and it it has sensors in it, and it you can let it loose in a room, and it will walk around and, and not bump into walls because of the sensors. It will, if you give it directions, it will say things. You can say, to, you, the, the, it's like it's like the Alexa, you know, that the Amazon yeah. has. You have to say, hey, R2, and that makes the sensors wake up. And then you can say things like, uh, do you remember Darth Vader? And he'll back up a little and shake his head and scream, <laughs>
5: <laughs> and he probably wasn't seventy five hundred dollars. He was
2: not. He was like <laughs> it was like one hundred and fifty as well. So like, <laughs> like he, but he's a, and he has a thing that'll hold a, a, a can of beer. Oh, and you awesome. can tell him to dance, and he'll dance to the Cantina
5: song. You, know? you need the barge dun, dun, tray dun, 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 where he's dun, 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 carrying dun, 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 the tray at the, on the barge.
2: Exactly. Now, if 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 that replica did what that toy does,
3: I'm in. That's I'm in. You know, it sounds like Teddy Ruxpin meets <laughs> Teddy like, Ruxpin. I don't know, <laughs> like one of those floor dudes that always, people always put cats on that goes and rooms around. Roombas? Roomba. Zumba. Roomba. Roomba. But, uh, but as it is,
2: all the stuff that I've ever wanted, I'm, I'm getting, you know, uh, when I was little, I wanted Captain Kirk's communicator. Well, it wasn't available then. All they sold you was, ugh, I still hate him to this day. It was essentially walkie talkies. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They were blue. Captain Kirk. No, it, it, they did have the kind of flip up thing, but it was essentially just a walkie-talkie, and the flip up thing was for show. So they were selling you walkie-talkies. Then people like me got older and started working at the toy places and said, "No, they, 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 you do you want it to look like the communicator?" So now I've got you know Captain Kirk's communicator over there. It's just a toy, but it makes noise. And I can talk into it, and it repeats. And when you flip it over, does it go? Click, click, click. Yeah. Oh. So we're, finally, you get that. You sh- know. Show
3: me. Show me that, please. <laughs> <laughs> T-
5: tell me about the communicator,
3: George and, and while he's doing that, Jess, what was your question? I'm sorry, I totally cut you off It passed,
4: it's okay No, oh, You were asking about my wife, something about my wife? Oh, I just wanted to know if she has a collection of anything Purses Shoes? Mm-hmm.
2: Expensive purses and shoes
1: Yeah, If you were to spend $7,500 on a real life working R2-D2 I can't imagine the stuff that she would be able to get
2: uh, Batteries are mostly dead on these this awesome. one is one where you can talk into it and it repeats what you say, and then this one.
3: Oh, so it, does, it does the, does the great noise. Great design. They look really good. Okay. Oh, that's fantastic.
2: <laughs> See, that's what I wanted. I didn't want a walkie-talkie <laughs> when I was a kid. I wanted something that I could you know clip on my belt and and run around and play you know Star Trek with
6: Spencer
5: Peck. You know, and it's not blue. Yeah.
6: And and while uh, I'm sort of geeky, I I kind of uh, wish I were your wife because I love purses and shoes. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I had a bigger collection of purses Brie, and shoes. Your
3: husband is right there. <laughs> now is the weirdest time ever to confess so, your love. So you for remember?
1: I, you remember two incomes or dual income? No kids. Yeah, we
3: have dual income, two kids.
2: Oh yeah. So. yeah, I drop you too, dude. And they're and they're they're in those teenage years. And that's when they really get expensive. In well, there's a
6: college and, a, <laughs> yeah. and one. They've always gone to private school, so, yeah, I'm, so. I'm used to five hundred dollars of my income every single month just walking out the door for, for stuff. school. Yeah.
2: Now Sue's fascination with with shoes and purses is is legendary, and, I, and we I'm have jealous. an we have an agreement, and that is uh, if I go shopping with her before we head to the checkout area, I disappear. I can't. I can't know
0: because
2: if I knew, she had to talk me into a jacket once because it looked really good on me. And I'm like, no, no, this is. the I don't know the price, but I know the store that we're in. It's going to be tremendously expensive. She goes, but you look so good in it. It's it's wonderful. It was goat skin and gray. And it was nice, it was soft. It just felt great. And I'm like, I I'm not even going to ask because there's no price tag on it. It's one of those stores where there's no price tag. If you have to ask, you can't afford it. You know. She's like, but you look great in it. Come on, let's go. I'm like, I'm going to leave that entirely up to you. And I left the store. <laughs> <laughs> and you, had got, you got the jacket. She bought the jacket. Of course she did. She That's never awesome. has told me how much.
4: I like that system.
2: She, she's alluded mm-hmm. to it. She said, oh, your house payment jacket. Go ahead and... <laughs> 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 wow. Go, go put your house payment jacket on. Anyway. Where was that? What was the
1: question?
3: I forgot. Where were we? Well, we were
1: talking about your I, toy collection. I, yeah, I get rambling. And, yeah,
3: we went to a happy place. That's a that's a good place to ramble to. Yeah. What What's your favorite piece in your entire collection? Mm. The legendary blue Snaggletooth. I'll show you after we get done
2: because
1: it's kind of put it, away. It's actually in glass. Huh?
2: Yeah. It's 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 in the case in in the glass case there. The legendary blue Snaggletooth because this this action figure was not released in the regular run. Uh, it was. Let's see, there's a mock-up of it over there. There's a large version of it you can see next to Boba Fett up there. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's what he looks like, but just, you know, the regular the old 70s action figures, you know, four pints of articulation and four paint job. It was only released in the Cantina playset, and I use the word playset loosely because it was essentially a stand and cardboard.
0: That's all they were.
2: <laughs> I mean, you know, there was a there was a there was a Jawa Land Crawler playset that was just that. You know, it was a stand and cardboard essentially. But the Cantina playset came with four Action figures, and I already had the other three. It was Hammerhead and Greedo and and Walrus Man and the Blue Snaggletooth, the elusive Blue Snaggletooth. I wanted the Blue Snaggletooth. So one day, Mom was at Sears, and she was looking at a washer or something like that. I went to the toys, and uh, they they were selling the action figures there. They were like $2 or something. And uh, so I, I went to the Cantina playset and very carefully removed the Blue tooth, <laughs> And I thought, well, I can't steal it. I should buy it. So I went over to a Darth Vader action figure, because it was big enough, pulled the Darth Vader out, and stuck it in the Cantina playset. <laughs> I then put the Dar- the Blue tooth in the Darth Vader package and prayed that I got an old lady who wasn't paying attention, who would just go, 249, there you go. And she did.
3: Oh, this Darth Vader is such a nice man. He's blue.
2: <laughs> and, and you know, I if if she would have said, "Oh, well, that's not the that's not your that's that's odd," I'll say, "Well, that's okay. I I don't mind. It's 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 weird because it's different. I'd like that." So I I was able to do that. So I stole it, but I didn't steal it. It's a it's a thing. But that's a, that's that's a favorite. And and the Jawas, the the Jawa action figures are uh, special to me because I had. You know, it was an original run of 12 and those action figures, and they're all up there. And the Jawa, for some reason, was so elusive, just couldn't get it. And my mom would take me to Provo three times a week, and we'd go uh, Sears Grand Central, Pennies, and uh, Skags, And we'd hit all four of those three times in a week. And uh, so we finally, finally got the Jawa. And then suddenly, the pegs were laden with them. They were everywhere. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway.
1: I guess that's what happens when people ask that's for a specific a, one.
2: I'm going on about Star Wars, but really Star Trek is my personal
3: jam. And that's, you know, that's the moral compass, the philosophy. But
1: anyway.
2: And yeah, that,
3: because I've, I've heard it said, you can love Star Trek and you can love Star Wars, but you have to have a favorite. And I've never met anyone that has said to me, and I'm sure they're out there, but I've mm-hmm. never met anyone that can say, I love them both equally. I, I, I love Star
2: Trek a little bit more, just a little bit more. Uh, then I love Star Wars. Is that because it was first? I think it's because of what I grew up with and it, uh, And let's not forget that we would not have Star Trek if not for Star Wars but that's another story um, true. because it would have went away. Uh, it's because I grew up with it because it was there for me every day when I got home. You'd flip on the TV and there was the rerun. It was an hour and a half of bliss. It was, it was Batman, you know, Adam West mm-hmm. and Star Trek reruns. You know, they were there for me when I got home from school. After enduring another beating from, you know, those assholes who are dead now, you know, <laughs> well, as, as kids, we, Hunting didn't accidents. Have,
5: yeah. we didn't have DVD players and we no. didn't have Star Wars exactly. on. And we didn't have Anything. internet. No, there was so you got to see it in the theater once and maybe nothing for that was a it. couple of years. That was it. Yeah.
2: No, I remember the first chance we had a chance to see it in our homes. We'd, we'd go to the. The video store and
5: rent the the brick? laser disc.
2: The <laughs> oh, laser hilarious. disc was first, yeah. and uh, you'd bring home the laser disc player because you rented it. Yeah, for you the rented nights. the whole
5: thing. Yes, and then your dad monkeyed around with trying to hook the damn thing up for half oh, an he hour. He wasn't interested.
2: He didn't care. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm back
5: there going, I don't, I, you know, okay, there it is. So it was a chore to see Star yeah. Wars when oh, we yeah. were kids, which it, made
3: you appreciate it even more. Oh, it's yeah. so accessible nowadays that you just. You just know I can get my hands on it. The second it came out from a mm-hmm. wobble cam, someone took in the, the thing. I think that's what part of it is we just don't value it as much anymore. No, it's, take it's all taken it for,
2: take for I, I take it for granted, but I, I and then I tell these stories, sound like an old man, and, and try to impart to people, don't take it for granted. Um but no and was, kids off your lawn. And and that too. But it was <laughs> it was Star Trek really that raised me because I, I you know I was in this surrounding that I didn't feel comfortable in. I mean I lo- no I loved my home life and everything and mom was great and uh dad was supportive but I wasn't I didn't feel like I was like the rest of the kids, you know? I their motivations were different than mine. And and so you would occasionally what's the Devo song where you if you live in a small place, many factions underground, you find a group of alien types who agree with you, you know, and that's, mm-hmm. that's what I did. I, I found just a small group of guys who were the same, they felt the same way, and, and, and hung out with them, and it was safe with them.
5: I found Josh. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, like, I, mean,
2: I mean, geekdom is mainstream now. I mean,
5: Yeah, it uh, wasn't
2: my, then. Yeah, my no. podcast is called Geek Show, but today you could wear your Star Trek uniform to school and not get beat up. Yeah, because the jock is also wearing, you know, a Star Wars shirt or a Flash shirt or something. You know, uh, it's it's mainstream; it's accepted. Back then, it was not. Uh, you know, you got beat up for those beliefs.
1: Oh yeah, and so, you know, even through the '90s, it's not been until the last five to ten years that it's yeah, been probably ten years that it's been mainstream. And probably you can thank Marvel for that more than anything. I think.
2: Marvel, Star Wars, mm-hmm. um, and just people who grew up secretly liking it, deciding, you know, fuck it, I'm out. I'm <laughs>
1: yeah. I'm a grown adult. I'm not gonna get beat up I'm, because I yeah. like Star Trek. I'm coming out of
2: my geek closet and I'm gonna raise my kids with this shit. And yeah. they do now. And and it's become a family, a wonderful family
3: thing. Marvel, you, you're right, Marvel probably Had a lot to do with it. Harry Potter was a big influence on kids, too. Mike Ness said the same exact thing about punk rock on on his Live at the Roxy CD. Mm -hmm. It's really funny. It's like, you you know, you used to walk down the street in your Doc Markins, you were going to get your ass kicked by the local high school football team, jocks, or cops. And then you can go into a mall and get your little pussy pierced. No, yeah, yeah, it's
2: true. (laughs) Growing up at Spanish Fork High School, the thing that that people did was they would go see a concert, and then they'd buy a shirt and wear it the next day to let you know. Uh, I saw Rush. I saw Cheap Trick or whatever it was. I saw Journey, you know. And my friends and I would come up to the Indian Center up here in Salt Lake, you know, from farmland. We'd get in Braddon's pickup and drive up here. (laughs) And we'd go and see bands like uh, The Vapors or Adam and the Ants. Mm-hmm. And we would do that. We would buy the shirt and wear it the next day. Mm-hmm. And oh, the shit that we caught. We'd get called into the principal's office. I'm concerned about your punk rock. Uh, I'm concerned. You know, it's Adam and the Ants, first of all. It's not. Goody Two Shoes?
3: Who, whoever died from a Goody Two exactly. Shoes <laughs> listing? <But laughs> all he
2: knows is what he saw on 60 Minutes uh, a mm-hmm. story about the Sex Pistols and how they were spitting on their fans, you know, and, and how violent it was. That's mm-hmm. all he knew. So you know, it was it was a danger. Suddenly, you know, you you, you damn punks, you know, and, and so. <laughs>
5: with your care shirts, yeah,
6: that exactly. <laughs> it, it's just
2: harmless shit, you know. Black flag, maybe, you know. Which but Bree's
5: laughing because we all went. We've known each other since. Well, Brie well and Josh I have,
6: forgot that he knew me, but yes, we have known each other for again, years. Again,
5: again, with the Josh forgot he knew me. We've been friends since Bree and I have known each other each other since like sixth grade. Whenever you moved grade, into the neighborhood. And then Josh and Brie and I were friends all through high school, but but we had our care t shirts and Mm -hmm, And And our role playing
3: games. And I was the kid that in my locker I had all of my rifts books. And so I gamed with a a group of friends and I'd be like, dudes and I'd like pull out of my locker. So tonight in Rifts and I'd like flip through it and everyone was like, Shh
0: shh, people are (laughs) gonna
3: see and I'm like, Why are we going to underground with this shit?
2: Oh, it it but you gotta remember this is like uh the, the late seventies, early eighties. Yeah. Uh, Dungeons and dragons was connected oh, with was demonic worship. Yeah. You know, it was it was you you know, you're 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 summoning Satan in, in your basement. And we tried so many times it never, wor-
5: never <laughs> worked. Never worked. We sat in the back of science class with our riffs books books. You young listeners, books with paper, and you'd have to write all your stuff down and yeah. keep
3: track of everything. And yeah. I don't remember much about science, but I still have those characters. So I'm just saying, you, on, <laughs> <laughs> Jeremy, fist bump. You develop the
2: characters. Ahead. You keep the characters. By God, right.
3: Well, speaking of. Uh, uh, uh,
1: you know, Satanism and raising demons from the pits of hell. <laughs> <laughs> like you do. <laughs> uh, you grew up Mormon in yes. a Mormon family, but you're not Mormon now. I,
2: I, uh, I, My father died this week, and so I filed the paperwork. I always said that once he was in the ground, I'd file the paperwork because I don't need people, you know, in his later years pestering him because his son's falling away and being a heathen. Mm. So I just kept my name on record. For all these years.
5: We know it's funny. We're all grown-ass adults, but we all care what our parents think. On some level and to some point, you You care about what your parents think. And and you want their acceptance. Mm -hmm. And
3: And you don't want them to get hassled. That's
2: the thing, is that you know that the the first person they contact is is the living relative. I know because Sue went through this. Uh, she filed her paperwork some years ago, and they contacted her sister right away. Are you aware? You know, and, and, and the sister calls panicked, you know, what's going on?
3: I, she, She's like, you know, I've been this way, you know. I. Are you smoking the devil's lettuce now? What's going on?
2: I remember when, there was a brief period when we were first married where we thought about having kids, just briefly. I mean, the first car that we bought together, she insisted that the seats be leather because if we have kids, it's easy to clean up, you know now it's not an issue. Uh but uh, there was there was a time and and her sister would question her. Uh well how are you going to raise kids without uh, a religion? And she goes, "Well, it's easy. You just be a good example. Mm-hmm. You know, you teach them right <laughs> from wrong. Fancy and that. and don't use fear to keep them in line. Spend Sunday know? in the garden. Fear of yeah, fear of uh, you know, you're going to go to
3: hell. That that big fear, you know, the, the what happens to you when you die thing, you know. I've always said if if you need someone else to tell you or or if you're if you only are good because you're afraid of a bad consequence you're not a good person yeah you're a good you're a bad person who's afraid of the consequences and that is not the same thing mm-hmm. you're only doing it because of, of fear of right of my, mythical death you know <laughs> so how,
2: punishment
1: you're an atheist right yes. so how would you get to that point because that's a that's a big jump but it's not it was
2: it was it was the post-cancer carry i was very pre-cancer carry was an asshole you know he <laughs> uh he you know had a horrible temper uh was just you know mean i'll say it i was mean for a lot of a lot of years and then the cancer happens to you and that changes you when they come to you and say uh you could die you tend to rethink things you don't get mad in traffic anymore you know <laughs> <laughs> you 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 assess the situation quickly And go, there's nothing I can do about this Getting angry is not going to help Honking the horn is not going to You know, all of these people in front of me Are are not going to go Huh?
3: Oh, okay <laughs> it, it just doesn't work that way <laughs> We didn't think
2: of that, maybe we should just go you know, Thank you, horn. <laughs> it, it just doesn't work this way You know, being mad at people at public gatherings Because they're doing something I mean, you know, you can ask them politely Stop standing up in front of me But you realize... Well, we're at a show. People are going to stand up. You know, you, you pick your battles. You and and I told my wife, I, I'll give you two good fights a year. Make it worth my while. Um, <laughs> and, and I'm still that way. You say, know, it seems to work out, right? Yeah, exactly. You just, uh, but you you learn uh, once that happened. But as I'm lying on the hospi- in the in the hospital, about to go under, because I'd had the, the it was testicular cancer. In case you didn't know, uh, the first surgery was uh, they removed my left one. And I was young, and, you know, and, and dating at the time, so I thought I should put in a fake one. I wouldn't do that now, you know, uh, in relationships and that kind of thing. So I put in a fake one, and they're like, okay, we were lucky, because it was all the bad black juice that was the cancer uh, was encapsulated in, in this sack, this kind of an embryonic sack. So we were able to get that all out without it breaking. So that that's huge. That's just huge. So, but we still want to go in and search and now remember this is old this is like 70s 80s no no, no. Right? this is this is uh, 90s, uh, 90s but it was, oh, okay. the, but doing it it was still not as oh my scar right. would my scar would be so much nicer yeah, these it was days super invasive <laughs> it was invasive what what they do is they slit you from what's this your sternum here or your mm-hmm. rib cage meets all the way down around Stend the belly the sternum, button yeah. down to just above Mr. Happy <laughs> and what they would do is they would pry you open They'd push everything inside you to one side. Yikes. And then they would go up here in your shoulder area, and every about half inch, quarter inch, they would take a sample and they would hand it to a runner who would then take it down to the lab. So they had this, you know, line of of people going you know, OR lab, O R lab, back and forth, you know. So they would start up here and they'd work all the way down to your upper thigh, taking samples every half inch and going down and looking for cancer cells. Then they would push everything back to the other side and start over.
1: (laughs) Everyone in the room just turned their head.
2: (laughs) Yeah. So that that was what they had to do, to to look for it. And uh, so as I'm lying on the hospital bed, getting ready to go in, I'm in the hallway of the, you know, (laughs) about to go into the operating theater, and I'm alone. And I looked up and I said, all right, big guy, this is it. Give me a sign. Give me something. And, of course, nothing, you know. And so after that, I realized, yeah, it's bullshit. It's bullshit. And then Lee George Cade steps in and says, "Well, you know, let's let's look around.
0: <laughs>
2: let's look around." And, and 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 so I took his word. And and uh, then it was, uh, I, I I explored uh, all kinds of religions. I looked at them all and studied them all. And every one of them along the line, there was just some bullshit there. You know, you could tell it was it was just bullshit, magical thinking. And then there was a time, I was telling you about the breakup, dating a Catholic girl. I nearly converted, because that was the only way she would get married to me, is if I was Catholic. I nearly converted. But that en- that ended, and so I didn't have to worry about it. But I studied <laughs> it enough to go, that's some bullshit there. They're especially corrupt and bad, you know.
1: <laughs> yeah, I know, I dated so, a Catholic um, girl. So, yeah.
2: <laughs> so there was that. And it was it was after that breakup that Lee George Kate again, my Obi-Wan, appeared to me as I'm curled up in... <laughs> in a fetal position on my kitchen floor and said, come on, let's go look. And he helped me craft my then philosophy of life using Star Trek and, you know, admirable people that I admired, like, you know, Captain America and Captain Kirk and all those guys. And, and he, he formed my philosophy there. And then after that, I realized I didn't need the mythical thinking, the magical thinking. I've got it all there. My moral compass has been with me since I was a kid. I just didn't see it, and it took this traumatic event to to you know kind of shake me up and go it's it, you know the magic has been inside you all along kind of moment you know <laughs> um and 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 it's and it's tough, especially here. I mean, you know we're, we're the dominant paradigm. I know we don't see it as much because we are running with those people that are safe, you know. Um, like I talked about earlier, you would, you would find those alien types who step out and dare to declare, we're hanging with those people, so we don't see them. It's still the dominant paradigm. I love the the idea of this podcast as New Utah. We still got a long way, way to go. We've, well, yes, we do. We've, we've got to we've got to vote out the theocracy. We've got to we've got to take it over and and, and show these people MistyKsnow.com. com. <clears throat> Thank you, <laughs> <laughs> and show these people that it's you can be good without God. It's possible, and we are. Um, and it's it's I probably won't see it in my lifetime. You know, you guys might, your children might, hopefully. But uh, you know, we we got to start somewhere. And I like to think that the radio show has kind of helped that along. I know that we've had a lot of people come out of their closet, so to speak, uh, in many ways. And they cite, you know, you made it okay for me. You know, you made it safe. You made me realize that there are people out there who think like we do. Although I'm not a devout and declared atheist on the air, strictly because of advertising reasons. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it tends to scare some clients away If you linger on it So I don't It's just good business Sorry yeah. Business is business But I can talk about it here with friends and, you know.
6: Well I mentioned that my daughter's gone to private school And it's it's been a parochial school So she was brought up Catholic And she's a very proud atheist oh, good And for I'm her. very proud of her Because she did She She thought it through She made the decision herself mm-hmm, mm-hmm. She didn't let the fact that you know, my mom keeps saying, oh, come on, you know, you know, that there's someone higher. She's just said, no, I, I don't need it. And I believe her to be a very good person. Mm-hmm. I, I am happy of the adult that she has grown up to be. I mean, there's a lot of people who have so-called very religious children who shouldn't be happy with. <coughs> who their children have grown to be. Yeah. And I'm very proud of my daughter and, and she's respectful of people who believe she's still respectful of her grandparents or her godparents and all of that stuff, but she's made her own decision. And you know, it, it is people like mm-hmm. you who are willing to say, I'm not a bad person and I'm atheist and it's okay.
2: I've had a lot of people come up to me and it starts with questioning their current faith. They start there. I don't, head them right to the atheist door right away. I just, I just ask them a simple question. It's like I've been kind of thinking maybe this is bullshit. And I, and I say, well, let me ask you this question. Why are you, whatever it is you are, Catholic, Mormon, whatever it is? And the answer is always the same. And I say, doesn't that say something? They say, well, I was born that way. I'm like, well, so that's all you know. You were raised in that, and that's all you know. I'd like you to meet some Muslim people. I'd like you to meet you know these people. And you'll see it at the end of the day, and traveling in Europe and the world was a real eye-opener because you realize at the end of the day, we're all human beings. We all want the same thing, a place to stay and enough to eat and somewhere safe to walk down the street. That's been my mantra. And toys and video games. And toys and video games. That just make it better. (laughs) Um, But everybody is the same, and I've been lucky enough to travel the world and meet people. Uh, I've been to Russia. I've been to Moscow and St. Petersburg and, and stayed in their homes and talked with them and and, and everybody wants the same thing. So let's do that. And, and you know, hey, if, if you're rel- terrific, if you're religious and it works for you, as John Lennon said, whatever gets you through the night, that's great. Just don't impose it on other people.
3: That's the problem, is when you impose it on other people. I can tell you my secret is when I was young, uh, I was baptized into the Mormon church when I was 12, and I was young. I didn't have any idea what I was doing. Uh, and then, well, yeah, at, at, at eight or twelve, you know, eight is the is the year they usually. Go. Yeah, you're making all kinds of great important right, decisions exactly. for the rest of your life. Right. <laughs> exactly. And so, my grandmother was a practicing Buddhist, and I said, and I had I had kind of a falling out with the church. I was starting to talk about and think mm-hmm. about sex yeah. a lot, oh, a yeah. lot in my dreams, <laughs> and the response I got was like, "Look, you know, you can't you can't be doing that. You need to pray about this, and you know, you'll you'll have a revo- revo- revelation." And I'm like. I'm having orgasms in my in my dreams <laughs> that's, that's a revelation that's a revelation to me man that this is some good stuff and I need to tap into that as quick as possible <laughs> and, so, and so my grandmother was a Buddhist and she said well n- there's none of that here why don't you try that and she'd been excommunicated from the Mormon Church for being a Buddhist and I'm like is that the back door is that how you get out because <laughs> so I became a practicing Buddhist for about 6 months and That's great. It was it was bizarre because you just go in a room full of people and everyone's chanting Nam Yo ho, Renge kyo you know. <laughs> it's, it's it's just drilled into my soul and you pull out the cajones and anyway, long story <laughs> short, it was nice and it was some company and everything else, but it just felt like going through the motions for me. Like I yeah. I don't need to go from one to the other. I just want to be me and I decided that that meant that I would travel this other road which was yeah. no road. Like I'm just I'm going out yeah, it, it's uh yeah. So that's it's it's been a, a, a long and and
2: and difficult journey, but I'm glad I made it. I'm glad I, you know, did that self examination because if if I if I would have stayed in Utah County, I can just imagine what I'd be like, you know. And and I and I I have people like that in my family, and they're terrific, but for me, it just that, that was not. I could tell early on this, that that is not the path for you, something else. And and so, anyway, there we go. Sorry. I get rambling. It would have broken your soul. May have. Be unhappy. I, you know, the, the, the depression would have kicked in early, but I wouldn't have known it's called depression. I just, I just would have thought, <laughs> I hate things.
0: You know? yeah.
1: So you've been all over the world, uh, and obviously you were born and bred here in Utah. Mm-hmm. Do you love Utah? Would I you? do would you leave it if it were no. not for
2: work no i i mean as of this moment i have no reason to stay here but i'm, I'm choosing to stay <laughs> here no that's i get that all the time you know but people people see my uh, uh different points of view as complaining about utah and i'm like look i'm not i'm you can call it complaining all you'd like and then they hit that well why don't you just leave I'm like no, I like it so much. I want to stay here and change it and there make it better. I want to make it better, not just for me, but for everyone. All right, Cause, because as soon as we can, you know, stop, you know, the theocracy up there on the hill.
5: Well, imposing
2: people, imposing those laws which are essentially religious laws. A
5: lot of people are rela- are raised in a particular religion, which is well known here in Utah. Yes, if you have an opinion that is not the same as everybody else. You're complaining. Mm-hmm. No, I'm not. I, no, no, I'm just no. voicing something different than yeah. what you want to hear. Different That's
2: point it. of view. You know, it, it, plain and simple. And they see this complaining, and why don't you leave? No, I'm staying. I'm staying, asshole. And I'm, <laughs> I'm, gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna make things different here. Oh, thank God for you. And and mm-hmm. and not, you know, like I said, it probably won't happen in my lifetime. But it's it's got to be your kids. You've got to teach your kids,
5: you know, about this. Well, it takes those of us crazy people who want a change, and are willing to say something and do something about it, that's what it takes. Mm-hmm. You can't just sit back and do nothing. What's, the, case, no. com. what's the
1: What's What's the the biggest change you would make in Utah today, if
0: you could?
2: Well, uh, we'd start with uh, uh, the biggest, if I could make any change? Yeah. I would uh, make it okay for politicians to point out to other politicians, you're not presenting anything based on science or truth, this is just the way that your church has taught you to, and there you're imposing it upon us. And and the, the abortion debate is, is is right up there. Because I have had the lieutenant governor, I've had legislatures look me right in the eye when I have confronted them with facts. Say to my face, I'm against Planned Parenthood because of my beliefs. Beliefs, not facts. They've, they've looked me right in the eye and said that. And the second that you Bring that book out, I can't have a discussion with you because we're not talking about facts anymore. We're talking about magic.
5: You can't convince them of anything any more so than they are going to convince you. Exactly. So you're
2: at a standstill. And that's when I stop yelling at traffic. I realize that (laughs) I'm not going to change this person. I have to remove this person. And so... That's why I say vote out the theocracy this November, especially here in Utah. Vote out the theocracy. We've got – things are held up. Oh, the shit that I could tell you. Things are held up there just strictly because of magical thinking. And it's 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 crazy. I mean, I, I've also seen a lot of great progress up there. I mean, like this uh, medical marijuana bill. So close progress. it came. And it would have passed. But you know that Brother W – you know, Mick, <laughs> Bishop, Bishop, Doug, called you know, brother, uh, somebody in. from the church office building called somebody called somebody and said, what are you doing? No, we don't know. No, no, hell no.
1: <laughs> and that's it's and, just and funny you know that happened because it was so close. We're one of seven states left that doesn't have yeah. some form of medical marijuana, and will be one of the final ones.
2: And I th- I think that we're going to get it within the next couple of years. And the reason I say that is because this s- s- <laughs> these group of people will glom onto any sort of magical cure. I oh, mean, I mean, look at the essential oils. Essential oils. <laughs> look at that. Uh, what was the Hawaiian water? That
1: they were selling Oh, the coconut water. Yeah, there was there was all that and well, they're and, still selling less.
2: And it. it's huge business. <laughs> oh, yeah. Huge business in Utah County. This'll take care of everything. I remember my dad calling me up once and says, Yeah, the back's got a problem, but you know, uh, uh, the wife has got this stuff and she says it'll work. I'm like, Dad, no. No.
5: <laughs> I-, I believe a hundred years ago it was called snake oil.
2: Exactly. <laughs> but right on the bottle. But <laughs> here's the oil. but here's the thing about marijuana is that this time it's legit. This time it is from the ground And legit It's not just, you know
1: It definitely works
2: You know, Zango It was Zango that that she was (laughs) Trying to get him to to take You know, One in the morning, one at night And you'll be fine It's juice, it's fruit juice, Dad Come on, that's all it is It's fruit juice
3: It's crap and extremely tasty Because it's just like this mishmash Of like toe of elderberry And like, what the (laughs) shit
2: my friend Punk uh, may, used to make, when he, when he was more healthy, used to make me custom action figures all the time. And he said to me, what, well, which one would you like? And I said, I'd like, he, I'd like to create an action figure. I would like uh, Zango Fett. <laughs> <laughs> and so well, I'll show you when we get done over here. He made me Zango Fett, and he's the great multi-marketer of the galaxy. Oh, he, that's, awesome. you know, <laughs> that's so awesome. Multi-level marketer of the galaxy. He's the greatest.
1: What, uh, what is it that you love the most about Utah? Oh, we just got so much here, you know. It's just,
2: it, it's such an easygoing lifestyle. It really is, if you can, if you can find it. Um, I mean, you know, my job is here, obviously, and I love my job. But uh, it's it, it, people are starting to get very, very cool about being here, and uh, it, 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 we're growing. Oh, our bar scene and restaurants, our restaurant scene
1: is really starting to take off too. That's very exciting for me. What's your uh, what's your favorite restaurant in Salt Lake? Because I know you're a big foodie.
2: Uh, well, uh, it, it, it depends on what I'm in the mood for. Um, uh, I got a friend of mine who opened up T27, and he's got all those going, and those are nice uh, tacos. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but my favorite thing in the world is this crappy little place over here on Fort Union. Lone Star. Lone Star. You know what I'm <laughs> talking about. It's Lone Star Taqueria. They've got a broken-down car out in the mm-hmm. front, and uh, I—I've had fish tacos before, but that's where I had the best fish taco, and it's still the best fish taco. I tell everybody, go in there and get a fish taco combo; you'll be a happy boy
6: or girl. Or girl. Or girl. I had one; it was delicious. Yeah, Marie, Maria's
2: <laughs> plate is another great combination that they've got going in there. Just and, and I've been going there for I think twenty or more years now. Get there at least once a month, but uh, and there's a place that just opened up downtown called Current, which is great seafood. And then there was the place that used to be—I forgot their name now. It used to be. Uh, oh,
6: is it the one you were talking about on Friday on the show, confetti?
2: Not confetti. No, um, oh, I forgot the name. Never mind. I'll I'll get I'll get to you
3: later on that. <laughs> it will be in our show notes, podcast <laughs> listeners. <laughs> Jess is good at the research.
1: Yes. Is there anything that you want to talk about, Carrie? That you don't get a chance to talk about? I mean, you've got a couple great venues that you talk about things all the time. And but. see, that's just it. I, I keep getting told that I don't blog enough, but I'm like I, I verbally do it every day. Yeah, exactly. you know? I, what
2: i what I had to say today was on the show or on you know the podcast or something. So I don't I don't Facebook very well. I don't tweet very well because it's all out there. I, it, and and I was told by a professional, you well repeat that shit. On the, on the stuff and I'm like no
0: no no
2: no, <laughs> no I, I'm not going to repeat myself I'll just you know
3: only if I have an original thought will I go I mostly retweet I retweet a lot hey. I, I have to say though listening to our dialogue which I'm enjoying immensely and being in such a cool place which is by the way very conducive to having some fun conversation I feel like I'm hearing stuff that I've never heard from you before so hopefully, I mean, and and maybe I just haven't heard the right interview, but I feel like this has been a lot of new stuff uh, to me, and and this might be also a good avenue to say something like, you know, what I've always wanted to say about those dicks. Go ahead. No, no, not me. You, me. I'm looking. I at You say something wants. about those dicks and use the word those dicks because <laughs> I want well, that. Like Carrie's them. not a good fan of dicks.
0: So. <laughs> no,
1: no,
2: that's. Something that people are learning about me that I I shouldn't have shared. <laughs> you don't like dicks? I don't like full frontal male nudity in a movie. Oh, I call me. A, it's not mm. prudish. It's I don't not, like it either. It's not prudish. I just. I and and I realized the origin of that is that I was a Monty Python fan and went and saw <laughs> went and saw Life of Brian. You know, and that shocked you. And there's a part after he has sex with uh, what's her name, and then he's he opens the door of the window and he's standing there naked. And then suddenly there's this crowd out there who's followed him there because he's the Messiah, you know? And uh, so he opens up the door and there's Graham Chapman in all of his gl- glory. And remember it was the seventies, a lot of pube. <laughs> and oh, and I just, I never recovered from that. <laughs> I never recovered from that. And I, ever since then I've just been, Ooh, but watching porn's different though. But see, if I'm watching just a TV show or a movie and it happens, I go, Ooh, it feels kind of gratuitous. Yeah. But, and I shouldn't say that because I know women have had this, you know, battle for years. <laughs> oh, it yeah. seems gratuitous. Women, but you guys are awesome. You know? <laughs> You're much
1: better to look at, yeah.
2: clearly.
5: Uh, but it's not uh, so much hair.
2: Yeah, get rid of the hair. That's something I'd like to talk about. You don't need it. Get rid of all that hair. We don't live in a jungle. We don't need that. Get Clean that up down there. <laughs> <laughs> I just need eyebrows
6: and and head hair and I'm, I'm good.
3: What was that, Jeff?
4: I said you heard it here first. No. Oh, okay. I, eyelashes
3: too. I, I do like eyelashes.
4: Oh yeah. Oh Ow.
6: yeah. I don't think about eyelashes as hair, but yeah, technically.
1: There's one last question we ask everyone that we have on the podcast. All right. What's one thing you would tell someone visiting Utah that they had to do before they left?
2: That they had to do before they left. Yeah, they had to do. Or they they had to would. See. Die.
1: Like, what's <laughs> the one thing that they should do before they leave Utah?
2: I would say find a very cool bar and talk to the locals. Because you'll find out that it's not what you think it is. I mean, if you're just visiting, you're coming here probably for something outdoorsy, you know, you're, or something like that. Um, but uh, I would say, you know, go down to Bar X or go down to Whiskey Street or any one of those cool bars downtown, and and just hang out and strike up a conversation with a local. You know,
3: if Bert's Tiki Lounge was still cool, I'd say do that. <laughs> you can hang out with, you know. I, I've been to Bert's Tiki Lounge And it's actually Kind of a cool scene you, like, I stopped going there After my bartender Stopped working there Shannon I thought it
4: closed It didn't close I thought it closed It closed, it closed. Oh, okay yeah, I don't
2: closed. know if it's open or not I think but, it closed But uh, yeah When Shannon stopped working there I stopped going
3: there was no, Goodbye Bert's you know, I mean they were all
2: good guys down there But you know I, I came there to hang out And shoot the shit with Shannon So
1: Yeah The you know. place is a shithole
3: <laughs>
2: Good people though Some yeah. really good people yeah. I've 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 Had great conversations. Isn't that
5: that how the best restaurants and bars start out? When people tell you about it, it's this shithole, but it's amazing. (laughs) Well, that's what I said
1: for years about uh, Little World Chinese. Oh, yeah. And they got shut down with like 270 health code violations. Here's the
2: thing about Little World is that uh, I go in and I get a certain menu. If I go in with my wife, it's Korean, but they don't know, I get a, a different menu. Oh really? Is it a better yeah. menu? It's a better menu.
6: We need to go in with Sue. Why you, am I not Asian? And, take, and I need to, I yeah. need to talk her into giving me any purses. I think that we she's need to meet with. T-
2: Take an Asian with you to Little World. To Little World, if, if they're still open. Yeah, I was going to say I
1: don't know that they've opened back up,
2: but uh, you'll get a different menu, and and that's the menu you want. It's got all the adventurous stuff on there. Mm. I've learned so much today,
5: <laughs> Josh. I thought you were half Korean.
6: I am. Ah. <laughs> so many things. Is Josh, Josh dreams about a lot of things.
0: <laughs>
1: well, Carrie, we uh, we thank you for your time today. It's been uh, a really fun conversation.
2: Thank you. I I hope I. Uh, I mean, you know, I mean the the podcast is new Utah, and I'm sorry. I kind of didn't. I don't know if I helped with that or not. Absolutely did.
3: Absolutely, uh, your every word dripped New Utah.
1: Most all of your experiences—I mean, you've you've traveled out of the country—but most everything you've done in your life is here.
3: Well, I'd like to think uh,
2: that—I mean, not me personally, but you know, I was involved with the alternative scene, and I—I mean, I think we helped mainstream that. Oh, absolutely, especially Uh, in Utah. I'd like to think that we helped there, Um, and the show as we talk. We're everyone complains. It's like hey, you and your liberal ideas. And I'm like, any station, turn to any station, and you won't get it. Why are you here? I don't understand. Why are you here and complaining? This is the one place. Not even NPR is liberal anymore because they're afraid of getting their funding pulled. So you know, I mean, we're we're the one on the air liberal voice. You are the best. You know, so the last so don't complain to me about that. Go somewhere
6: else. And you're still censored there. Like you're not as liberal. On air. Oh, yeah. As you actually well, are. Even well, even with yeah.
1: toned down you are, you still have uh, disclaimers <laughs> coming up. You want to know a secret about the disclaimer?
2: I insisted on that. Because when we were owned by Mormons, <laughs> they would come to us and say, Oh, man, I, I got shit in priesthood meeting today because of the show. <laughs> and and I went, You know what, Steve? I'm going to do this for you. And we created the disclaimer. So that he can say, "Hey, you know, it's none of my, it's that you know, it's it's not my doing." So we did that. To we did that for him. And then here's a little showbiz secret: it frightens people. Yeah. And I like frightening people that way because they're like, "Oh, what is this? What is
1: this?" Because that's odd. You don't hear that on
2: any other radio station. You know? And 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 the reason I got the idea for it was Sean Hannity. Believe it or not. When he does his show, he has a disclaimer, because people would call the station and complain about Mr. Hannity. Because he's a jackass. Well, yeah, for obvious reasons. But uh, that, way, that was his way of letting the listeners know, yeah, I'm just on this station. Don't call and complain to them. Call and complain to me. And, and so that's, that's what I hope happens now. Uh, plus, I got Todd, who uh, is a, an excellent S.H.I.E.L.D because <laughs> he, you know, he admits every now and then. Oh yeah, there's shit you don't know about. <laughs> I'm not going to tell you. I'm not going to, you know, the, the emails and complaints I get. You don't know about any of them, and I'm like, thank you. I only know about the ones that come directly to me. You know? But uh, anyway, so there's that. Did I help? Did I hurt? Anything? Anything you want? Anything you want to
6: ask me? Can I ask a quick question? Yes. So you always play music in the back of Geek Show. Mm-hmm. And you have it playing for us now in mm-hmm, the back, mm-hmm. and we've talked about kind of having a little bit of music for these guys. How do you? I mean, it, it's is it a playlist? Is it
2: a? Uh, this is a, this is just a shuffle. It's it's a combination of uh, ska and punk and uh, hip hop, uh, and it's just on a shuffle kind of a thing. I have music on when we do uh, anything in this studio because. And and you'll notice I have background music going on the on the radio show as right. well, mm-hmm. uh, simply because if you go to a party, and it's quiet, conversation doesn't really.
0: <laughs> yeah, we don't we don't have it parties without it music. It doesn't happen going. that Hell naturally. Down. Yeah, you're right. if, if yeah. you're
2: having a people over and you're talking and having you know just even drinks, you have music on. But if you don't have music on it, it doesn't. I mean, you can feel it, right? Yeah, you oh, can absolutely. feel it right now. So, but if you if you have the music on, you're immediately, you're relaxed. And especially when it's the Ramones. Especially when it's the Ramones. Yes. <laughs> hey,
1: oh,
5: let's Let go.
6: go. <laughs> there we go. Yeah,
2: there we go. Oh,
3: let's go.
6: Okay, no, no, room. don't ruin the song. Oh, damn, what? <laughs> said, no, Josh, don't ruin the song. All right, anyway. Mm, but
2: right, that's right. just a little, a little uh, secret that I, I haven't shared with people
3: until the past few years because, you know. It's a good secret, and I hope our pod administrator has taken some serious notes here. Pod administrator, hey,
6: I suggested that, and you guys tried it, and you vetoed me because you, you didn't do it right. <laughs> what? And, and when it was in your office, your very first podcast in your echoey office with
3: that blue snowball. This mic.
6: this must have been a different pod
3: person or alternate dimension. I do <laughs> not recall again. A-
6: Josh does not remember me. He forgets that I exist.
3: Who could forget you, Bree? Uh,
6: apparently, you. No one.
1: <laughs> Anybody else have anything? Any Anything Ask me
4: Do it Nothing Anybody? Come on
2: Jess I know you have something You want to ask me something Don't you
4: I do I just want to Did your dad know the scope Of your Celebrity here in Utah And the difference That you're making For people
2: I don't think he knew About the difference That I was making um, In his last In the last ten years He he didn't get to listen To the show that much Because of the woman That he was married to And Because uh, she's very conservative And uh, politically. And just as I got him to where he was like, out of all of the people that he hung out with, he was the progressive liberal, which is saying (laughs) a lot. Uh, Just when I got him to that point, then mom dies and he marries this person. Oh, no. And I've had to talk him off the ledge multiple times uh, about things. I remember a conversation I had with with both of them uh, in, in the car. And she, his wife, asked me, this was... At the beginnings of Obamacare, and uh, she was she was legitimately terrified of the death panels. Remember the death panels? It was all over
0: talk radio, all over Fox
2: News about how these these groups are going to decide who lives and who dies. And do you want that? We all know that's bullshit, but but people like her believed it because that's what they were told by a, a person who's on the television. He must know, you know. And so she asked me about the death panels. I I explained to her that they did not exist. I, I presented her facts and everything. And she goes, I just don't believe that. And I said, well, tell you what. Let me just say this. As a member of the liberal media elite, I will be called upon to be on these death panels. And I will just say this to you. When you are presented in front of me, I will spare your life. How about that? Does that make you feel better? <laughs> she just she our relationship was never the same after that. <laughs> Will you
6: have any kind of a relationship with her now?
2: I don't think so. I don't think she wants it honestly, but that's another story. But as far as my my occasionally people would come up to my dad and at the bowling alley or whatever and he they would say uh listen to your boy on the radio. Or if if I'm on the TV, that's when it would really happen. They just reran my person to person with uh, Shauna Lake recently. And uh, it was all this week. Saw you on the TV. <laughs> you still doing the radio? I said, Yeah, that's what we were talking about on the TV. If you'd have <laughs> <laughs> listened, but, but it was all that's Jack's boy right there, isn't it? I think that's Jack's boy, isn't it? They didn't listen.
4: You know, yes, I've been doing radio. Still doing radio.
2: You're still doing the radio. <laughs> it's hard when
4: Shauna Lake's on there not to just look at her face and listen to the story. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Shauna and I go way back. So I'm sure. We, we dated very briefly. Whoa. Very briefly. Just... Will you spare my life when you're on the death panel, please? I don't know. Josh, you're dead.
1: Let's hear the, let's hear the argument. Have you seen yourself? Uh,
2: later? What do
3: you, what's wrong with you? Zero argument to save me. <laughs> you, you
6: have four pugs. Oh, and yeah. Carrie is a huge yes, animal Yes, you lover. would leave
3: four pugs. Yes. yes. Fatherless. Oh, okay, I'm, you're spared. I'm in the clear. You're in the clear. Thank you.
6: I'll put
2: you all in the clear. Don't <laughs> worry. As a member of the liberal media elite. <laughs> woot. Woohoo. In our Cadillacs and jets that we fly around in. and I get, this, I get the marching orders every morning. From liberal media elite headquarters. Here's what you're supposed to promote today.
3: No. Is it in Morse code or something? It's in a secret liberal code. Do you have a, a ring, a decoder ring? Yes. It's a paisley ring. A paisley I've learned ring. so much today. <laughs> <laughs> I get it your, drink your Ovaltine. What the fuck? <laughs> uh,
2: yeah, but I don't think that really is aware. And, and there's a story there, too. Um, Dad didn't really quite grasp what I do. I mean, he got the radio part, but everything else around it, he didn't really understand it. I mean, you know, he, <laughs> he didn't have running water in his home until he was, you know, eight or ten. Uh, so that's just the kind of, you know, hard, he was a hardworking guy. He understood hard work. That's That's what he got. And so he didn't understand how I could make money sitting in a room talking. That was, you know... He saw Fraser, and he gets that's what Carrie does. So he understands that. everything else around it, though, is different. He didn't understand podcast. He didn't understand me doing voice work. Uh, he didn't understand all this other stuff, Comic Con, that sort of thing. So I called him up one day and, and I said, "Dad, I'm forming a production company." And he says, uh, "Okay, what what are, what are you producing?" I said, "Well, it'll just it'll, it'll be it'll be the thing that I operate, you know, for." tax reasons and all that to operate my stuff that i do outside of the radio station you know the voice work and that sort of thing i explained to it laid him out and, and he just kind of this silence on the other end of the phone you know just, okay all right i said well i was calling you to ask you if i could use your name in the name of the production company he goes well, what, what what do you want to use my name i said i want to call it jack's boy i want to call it jack's boy productions this is what I got. Oh, <laughs> that was him. That was him saying, "I don't understand a goddamn thing you're saying." But uh, okay, sure, yeah. I'm... <laughs> is it okay if I call it Jack's boy? Yeah, I suppose. All right, All right that was it. You know, if 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 it was Jack's boy construction, he would have got it, and he would have been very proud. You know, hey, how about that? Uh, but but because he didn't quite grasp what the company did, he you know, I think he was proud, but he didn't understand it enough to say,
4: "My boy named a construction company after." It. <laughs> yeah. You should have a podcast about farm life.
2: I could. To the farmers of the <laughs> I world. I could. I would. I would. I would. I would do a broadcast for these urban. Farmers, for, these, for Jeremy. These, well, you're, you're on a farm proper, though. I'm talking about people who live in
1: neighborhoods, like our neighbor that has a chicken coop next to our
2: yes, house. Yes, I would. That would be the first bit of counseling I would get. I'd say, Do you know how much eggs are in the store? Do you know how much money you're going to be spending just to get eggs? <laughs> it doesn't make any sense, and you have to clean up the shit. You know they shit, except you know for that. The,
6: that just ran out onto our property, and so then they had. <laughs> we had a trail oh yeah, of dead, the coop dead like twice a year.
1: And yeah right into our lawn right
2: into the yard yeah see urban chicken farmers stop it
1: good for corn though eggs right? are Corn's you know love it.
2: you can you can get eggs for like a buck and a half a dozen oh, yeah. you know more if you want the cage free that's great go with the omega 3 or whatever it is but it's just omega so much three. trust me gathering eggs i have scars still from when the chickens <laughs> would would peck at you cuz you had to get in there and and they you know oh Chickens are the worst <laughs> awful animals
6: Well and even though your dad didn't recognize it You work hard I mean you do a lot of prep for Radio From Hell oh, And yeah. you do a lot of prep for Geek Show And you do a lot of prep for Comic Con and X. And you I, have to pay a lot of attention to yeah, What is going on everywhere
2: I'm, I prep the second I get off the air I start just living my life as prep, actually, as well. I there, there are times when Sue will reach over and smack me across the forehead and say, "Stop working on the show," because <laughs> you know that I'm thinking I'm not allowed to listen to the radio when we travel, because I'll, you know we'll rent a car in Southern California and I'll want to listen to what you know what people are doing, and I'm not allowed because I'm working.
6: You're you down here. <laughs> you're down here on
2: vacation. Stop working, because you know just. So I, I have to go on news blackout as well. That's the other thing. She doesn't allow me to read news while we're on vacation. It's, it's media blackout.
1: So one of these days, you're going to go on vacation somewhere remote, like the Dominican Republic, go on news blackout for a week. And that's when the apocalypse is. That'll oh, yeah. be the week. You come there, back to zombies. Is there a good bar in this place? <laughs> <laughs> it, then uh, I'm going. <laughs> last time I was in the Dominican, that's all I did was drink. So. And cigars. <laughs> because yeah, we were talking
2: about camping just recently. And I'm like, I, I wonder if I still got one in me. I don't know. Uh, is there a good bar in the forest? <laughs>
1: Only
2: you know. well if you bring it with you. Yeah,
1: My favorite campings at a beach on an all-inclusive resort. That's his outdoors. We, we as were as talking. I
2: mean. We were in Mexico. The, the fucking time hop on Facebook. I hate it and love it at the same time <laughs> because they were there was a place in Mexico that we went to about four years ago. I want to say yeah. It was this great resort where they had uh, the you know the sea turtles, mm-hmm. and they had eggs on the beach, and you could see them you know because the turtles would come up and bury them. And then there was a ceremony that we got to be a part of where we got to take the sea turtles out of the out of the. Out of the, out of the you know, eggs they'd hatched And released them into the ocean And it was, it was this wonderful thing Where we all lined up And this uh, guy said some wonderful words And says, alright, release your turtle So, you know, it was about as big as a 50 cent piece And it's flapping, you know doing this flapping <laughs> thing, And it's just adorable And I set it down and, and mine started to go toward the ocean And then went, oh wait And, and started to come back And they're, they're telling you, don't, you cannot interfere You have to let it happen so he turned back a bit, and then he went, oh, okay, the ocean. So he goes to the ocean. And it was just such a wonderful, beautiful moment. And, and then I was talking to the guy afterward, and I said, that was really, really nice. Uh, but tell me the truth. What's going to happen to the little guy. And he says, well, first of all, about 75% of them are dead. <laughs> Let's just start there. The rest of them, if they're not eaten by something, you know, then they'll make it, you know. But, yeah, those those of all of those, you know, we released like 15 or 20. He says, yeah, eh, three of them.
0: <laughs>
2: three of them will make it. And I went, oh. Yeah, life sucks. I'm going to go to the bar <laughs> and enjoy being here on the beach and not think about my dead turtle.
6: <laughs> Maybe yours was one of the ones I that hope, survived. Yeah,
2: I, yours, yours was a trooper. He made it. I hope that little Cecil made it. <laughs> I hope Cecil is alive. He looked
6: back at you, got that encouragement, and lived a very long, turtley so, life.
2: You can do this, buddy.
3: You got this.
6: Right.
3: <laughs> anyway. He was heading back for the bar himself. He's like, oh, the, this beach, so what? Good. Where's the bar? They're so cute.
2: Oh. <laughs> anyway. Anything else? Anything. Anything. Anything I can help you with.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I dug deep into my, into my bottomless chasm of questions. Well, then I
2: need another drink. Oh, yes. Give me another, <laughs> give me another
3: hit of yours good stuff oh you guys you got i got some great tequila you guys need to try before you go you yeah. you should have seen whenever i go to the convention is
1: it that of capatron yes it's i there. have
3: three or four different flasks and like different just a and a bunch of cigars and i just deal them out the entire time mm. and there's nothing like being on a panel with a cigar in your hand you can use it to emphatically gesture at isn't things. it great it's so good i i love
2: i love having that and a drink in my hand for some reason. Mm-hmm. The, Agreed. The, when when you're having conversations, to have that, that glass in it your makes hand,
5: you look smarter. Are just,
2: you sure we're not related? I think we might be. We might be. <laughs> Let's. Let, we'll talk. <laughs> Could be.
6: I do like how you were moderating panels this year when you were out and down and around and.
2: It's something I've been trying to get all the other moderators to at least try.
6: I really liked it
2: because it's hard up on a table to be the traffic cop and and. Well, you end up it. getting
6: the? Number one, number two, number three, number four, number one, number two, number mm-hmm. three, number four. And
1: I think it helps, too, for the moderator to actually be able to moderate the panel and not act like a panelist, mm-hmm. to be separated like that.
2: I think so, too, yeah. Um, I mean, the moderator does need to bring something to the table, but he should not
3: dominate. He should yeah. moderate. See that? See what I did? A ah. <laughs> little bit of a lesson for you. A little lesson. There ah. need to be classes on how to moderate that panels just because happened. it's it's really hard. It's it's not easy. We, I couldn't do it. We uh, we recorded an instructional video.
2: It was me and Brian Young, and we see it very differently. His style versus my style. We see it very differently. I'm I'm not saying that his is wrong. I'm just saying mine is better. <laughs> <laughs> Superior. Brian knows I'm teasing him. Um, but, uh, yeah, that's, I think you need to be down with the people and, and you can, you can see that guest number three perked up, you know, and I, and I'll instruct them before we start. I say, give me, give me a sign that you want to interject something. Don't just jump in, yeah. you know,
5: be calling on me constantly.
2: Yeah. Just, you, know, <laughs> you can see that, you know, they'll, they'll have their, they'll have their finger up and I'll go, okay. Yeah. So-and-so's got, got a point he wants to make, you know?
6: Well, and I think that's something that I've watched you do because I've watched you film radio from hell or film record radio from hell several times and you literally direct traffic when you say that there are hand signals Mm -hmm. and and gestures and that you guys have down that they know okay this is what's happening this is what's going down
2: and those are more recent actually i it's been the past six or seven years that i've had to do that because well things changed in the industry how ratings are done and so it's more important to be on time. Those commercials have to be in a certain place in order for us to get maximum effect with the new rating system. It's electronic. And uh, because I've got to have you for so many minutes in that quarter hour. Otherwise, I don't get credit. If you listen for three minutes and go away in that quarter hour, I don't get credit. I have to have you for, let's see, what is it? Like six minutes, I believe. At least six minutes in that so that's why the commercials have to be placed at certain places. For some reason, they carved it up into quarter hours. So that's why you'll see commercials happen uh, just before 15 after, and at about 43 in the hour, you'll see it. Because they, they want to spread them out across those two quarter hours, or those four quarter hours, so that you can get more people here. You know, I'm... I'm do, I'm doing this visually, and it doesn't help the podcast
1: at all. That, that explains why when I try to change a station when there's commercials,
2: everybody's playing Everyone's commercials playing at, the same, at the same time because time, we're right. all trying to maximize the amount for the electronic uh, rating system to get credit. It's a it's a whole thing. It's, it's a
3: whole other world.
2: It's it's not just sitting in a room, sticking your finger in your nose and watching money come out. You know, it just doesn't <laughs> it just doesn't
3: happen.
1: I thought your job was super easy, Carrie. I out. would be doing that every day. <laughs> <laughs> I love my nose. I have relatives
2: who think that it's that easy. Yeah, you know, sure. I sit I sit and stick my finger Finger at my nose and money falls out of my ass. They think that's how we do it. I'm like, no, if you only knew how difficult it really is. Okay, I have
6: another question then. Okay, go. Without being able to, because I know you can't, you don't want to say anything super, super bad, but prep wise, percentage wise, Carrie, Bill, Gina? Uh,
2: Bill probably more because he does news. Okay. Um, uh, I would say he, he, he has to physically bring a pile of news every morning. So there's that uh the the prep that i do is is more you know the technical that technical shit and then uh, finding a way to uh to present it uh it's the presentation that is that is my responsibility um you know deciding you know how we how long we do news for example uh, or you know let's do our movie reviews on thursday because you know there are reasons for it mm-hmm. uh i i prefer i shouldn't even say this cuz my enemies <laughs> most morning shows if they have a film critic they do it on friday my argument is is that you're not thinking like a listener he's made his plans already mm-hmm. but if he hears it on thursday and he hasn't made plans most of us really we finalize our plans on thursday for the weekend so there's your option there's your movie review um so that's why i do it on thursday and it's harder for the film critic because they usually haven't seen all the films by then but we've been lucky
5: can, can you bring back Dingo Boy?
2: Dingo Boy is, uh, is is a strange thing, um, oh, <laughs> because because uh, that was uh, Adam Carolla, and those guys put those together, and then the, they, they just sent him and said, you can run him.
1: <laughs> 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 okay,
2: yeah, awesome. Uh, so I ran him, and they, they were all Adam Carolla, and that was where the Chuck Heston disaster movies came from. <laughs> a guy who did this great Chuck Heston impression sent him to the station, yeah, run him, go. Uh, I so, loved those. So we ran those. a Dingo Boy. But here's what we found out about sketches.
5: Dated myself though,
2: because we—you remember Space Elders? Uh-huh. I would spend all day working on Space Elders. So I get the script from a friend of mine, then I'd rewrite it because I had to add jokes, <laughs> and uh, we'd, we'd, so we'd punch it up. And then I was such a persnickety son of a bitch. I had to have the right sound effects. If we're doing a Darth Vader Death Star sketch, I need the sound of the Death Star. And it was harder to get back then. So I would essentially wind up just recording shit on my home unit and bringing it in. But I wanted the right phaser sound. I needed this sound for Captain Kirk. And I, so I had to get those things. And so it would take forever to get those proper sounds for whatever it was I was doing. And I would spend hours, tr- multi-tracks, sound effects, editing, and all that. We'd play them the next day. And I'd go, Yes! And then after the show, it was, you know that part where Gina talked about her dog? That was great, wasn't it? <laughs>
4: yeah. But people are still talking about them, what, 15 years later? But that, that was that was, that was was the thing, though, is that I was... No would one's s- talking about Gina's dead dog. I would spend all that time
2: with those sketches, though, and the ratings were okay. We dropped the sketches and got more personal, talking about our lives.
1: The ratings go
2: Ratings went up. And I went, I wasted all that time in those... I mean, you know, they're fond memories. Go back and listen to them. They're terrible.
1: They're not that good.
2: Space Elders does not hold up. None of those sketches really hold up. They're not funny. Chuck Heston
3: totally holds up.
2: Chuck does, yes. Uh, But but he won't soon because people forget. (laughs) People are forgetting who he is. Right. Um, But they're not funny. They're too long. Uh, I'm I'm glad you have a – I say this to everybody. I'm glad you have a fond memory about Space Elders, but really –
4: do you get tired of talking about it? No,
2: no, not even. Uh, just I, I just tell you what I would tell anybody about those fond memories of a show you have. Go back and watch it again. Oh, I love Knight Rider. Go back and watch it again. <laughs> oh yeah, trust me. Yeah. <laughs> this this is not so good. Trust me. You, you, we've got great TV now. Trust me.
5: <laughs> you go L Ray Network. They show those all night yes! long. <laughs> I love
2: that channel. God, I love that channel. It's so cool. I love that their station voice is that is that guy from the Grindhouse trailer, yeah. you know? Tonight on El Rey. You know, I just love that. I just love that. Anyway. Anything else?
6: Are you a natural morning person or a no. you?
2: No, not at all. Not at all. I, I'm not kidding when I say I want to be doing the show from 3 in the afternoon to 7 p.m. I've been getting up to do mornings since 85, 86, around in there. I still can't get up early. I just I mean I physically I can do it, but I just
1: I'm just not there. You still don't wake up that early on a Saturday or a Sunday? I, I slept in this morning.
2: It was wonderful. Oh, it was, it was
3: awesome. Actually, the only reason that I got out of bed is because y'all were coming. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> you know, you didn't have to actually put on real clothes. Pajamas would have been just fine. I, I thought, thought about it. A smoking Josh jacket was. would have been awesome oh, hell, as hell. Yeah. I I yeah, Do you think
4: Radio that. From Hell would survive in afternoon drive? Because Mick and Ellen have switched back and forth and... Well, first back of all, and forth and back and forth. <laughs> first of all,
2: why they're still on the air with the ratings that they have, That's I don't know. Yeah. Are they? They are low rated. They were and one I'm of like, the very
4: first stations I ever interned for. And I'm
2: like, why are they still? On? I don't understand why they're still on the air.
4: Interesting, uh,
2: because their ratings are so low. Uh, I think we would, because, and again, it's just thinking like the people who use the radio. There are more of you between three and seven available to use the radio. Mm-hmm. Most people don't get up until seven thirty. Mm-hmm. So that's half, almost half the show. I've lost you. I don't have you. More, it, it, i read statistics about you know people having access to a radio at a certain time because of their lifestyle, and it's 3 to 7. That should be the star spot, but for some reason it's not. This business decided that the mornings is the star spot, and uh, I think that it should be in the afternoon. I think we'd do fine in the afternoon, but Gina won't let it.
4: I have a confession. The only terrestrial radio I listen to is you guys, and as soon as you're over... I I have satellite radio and that's what I'm listening to yeah. from 3 to 7 is satellite radio
2: and and that's and I I, I take that as a compliment because I'm competing with the Howard Stearns of the world then and and I'm winning so I, I thank you sure. thank you so much for yeah that.
4: every day <laughs> uh, blow it out
3: your ass Howard so hey
4: um, about 3 years ago you did a couple podcasts that you talked about um, ratings and how streaming is unaccounted for is that still the case 3 years later
2: uh, they're working on it they're working on it right now
4: the physical, actual, your grandma's radio is what I need. So I need to bring my clock radio to work. And I have mine. For that, four hours. I have my clock radio. Because I usually swell since streaming is not working. At the right time now. of this recording,
2: yes, our streaming is down and may not be back for a few weeks because of a legal issue. But uh, yeah, I'll, I'll explain it off. It's. Best that it's not out there. Just know that we're working on it, and we know we need it, and, and it's coming. It's just it's it's, it's, a, it's a
6: little more reliable now. So we we have our clock radio at home, and we have it. I have it on at work. I don't always. I can't always actually hear, but I figure, eh, it can sit on for the ten hours I'm at work, and they get credit that uh, I was sort well of listening. And,
2: and and I tell people that when you when you leave your house, you should leave the radio on because. I've talked, I know a lot of 'er ne'er-do-wells, I know people who are not nice people, (laughs) and they tell me the same thing, is that we won't break into a house if we can hear something on inside, because we don't want to run into you, we just want to get your shit and leave, we don't want to encounter you, Mm -hmm. so if we, you know, have a dog, or if you hear the TV on, that's the best burglar alarm you can have, is to leave the TV on when you, you know, your mom always told turn the TV off! That's no, the best burglar alarm you can have leaving the T V on because they don't want to encounter you.
3: Skullduggerers.
6: Yeah. What do you leave on for Ripley? Uh Ripley uh
2: she, she likes NPR and, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm raising a little hippie, a little, a little liberal. Uh but I, I leave the T V on when we when we leave and, you know, so you never know. Plus remember I have a shotgun, okay?
6: And you know how to use it. Is there a theft problem up here in your neighborhood? No. <laughs> no. I'm
2: very lucky that way. It's a very seedy neighborhood. Yeah. Up here. I'm very lucky that way. Oh, you should see the faces when Jay shows up. It's, it's oh, hilarious okay. Then it keeps well, pe- peering through the window. Honestly,
1: for a lot of your neighbors, that is probably the only black person they've ever seen. Yeah, probably. probably.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Who's that? Who's that? Hmm, I don't know. <laughs> Anything else? Ge- Jeremy, Jeremy
6: looks like he so wants to say something. Yeah, yeah you're, you're
2: gesturing like it, you got something. because
6: so. that's, that's carries that's gesture. That's,
5: that's how I know <laughs> he's like I got something. I keep. I looking think he at just wants to karate like, chop something. That's why I say you're going to call person. on me all day because I got the hand. <laughs> so the hedge the trimmer when, incident. When
1: you're using electric hedge trimmers, don't cut your finger. Hmm. Well, I don't have that problem because I don't own any hedge trimmers. Do you have hedges? I I
2: do have hedges. I also have a crazy Greek who runs it for me, so there he takes go. care of it. Trimming <laughs> the hedges. That's what you need, a crazy Greek. Veggies. I give you his number.
6: Well, yeah. Jeremy's Jeremy's a green architect, and so he tries to keep his house very green, and so he does the urban farming, and he does it all himself. He builds his own deck, That's very cool. and he you should see builds furniture. his own railing, and he floors his own cool. flooring, and he, his wife paints I, their cabinets. I, and much <laughs> respect, seriously. I,
2: I wish I could do all those things. My dad tried to teach me. I just wouldn't pay attention. So, <laughs> do you still eat beef? I do. I just do. Drinking. I uh, well, we raised cattle, right. uh, beef cattle, uh, all those years, and uh, it. W- I don't know if you have time. Uh, story uh, about that. I had at my access all my life some of the finest meat available, organic. You know, it's, it, you're paying at Whole Foods top dollar for what I was raised on, right? And I didn't like steak. I just didn't like steak. And and then I I go out to interview at a station out in Roosevelt, and they said, let's let's take you to take you to lunch. We'll go to this place called the Cow Palace. It's a great steak place. I went, oh, I just don't know. I don't know. I don't know. So I sat down and said, uh, we're going to get you the special. We're going to get you the ribeye. We're going to get you the special. Don't worry about it. Trust us on this. And it was the greatest piece of meat I had ever had. And I figured out it's because my mom is a terrible cook. <laughs> she would pan fry the steak till it was gray. Oh. Through. And and I after having the steak, I come home and, and and mom is making a steak for dad. And I said, what are you doing to this? Why don't you? And she goes, well, that's the way your dad likes it. And dad... Sticks his head up and goes. When did I ever say that? Oh. <laughs> 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 and from then that point on, it was different. And but I had moved out, and so I.
6: Anyway, that's a whole.
4: So what's your favorite cut? Uh, ribeye. And are you a medium rare eater then? Yes.
6: Perfect. Yes. We should eat steak Charcoal. together. We should all have steak. Charcoal. Together. Oh my gosh,
3: steaks. Sa- porterhouse. I, the second favorite next to a ribeye is a good porterhouse that's a good because one. the tenderloin is so. I, think I like weird well.
4: cuts like skirt steak and really? flat iron. Oh, yeah. Really? Oh, absolutely. Okay. When Bill talked about it the other day for his first time, I was like, oh, and London broil. Those are the well, best on the grill. I like like mm. the,
1: the skirt steak and the flat iron for fajitas and stuff. That mm-hmm. makes great cuts yeah. for fajitas, but yeah. for just a plain steak. If you're just throwing a slab down. You know, ribeye, New York strip. I actually like the strip side bone in.
2: you got to have bone or in. got to have bone in. Or you can just get a T-bone and you have it all. It <laughs> was another thing. These farmers. Uh, being you know raising all this beef cattle and uh they would they would you know take take their cows to uh uh the butcher circle v down spanish fork back in the day and uh, they'd get their meat and and, and they'd say ah it's it's just okay it's just it's it's got a lot of fat <laughs> and they would sad. trim away the fat so they were trimming <laughs> away the fat and i'm you guys just don't you're raising this but you don't know how to make it you don't know how to cook it
3: you know that's where the flavor lives. That's where it hangs out. Yes, and makes little baby flavors. Exactly. Oh, you want it? You want a nice, fatty kind of
2: cut. Anyway, sorry. Mm, I'm passionate else? about steak too. Yeah. So. Yes. Meat. Yes. Yes. Wonderful. Had a great go down to Schneider's and have him pick you a good r- bone-in ribeye. Oh. Mm. Wonderful thing.
3: Anyway, anything else?
2: Well, let's. I think uh, that's, I think uh, that's,
3: think that's it for that good? Let's drink. All right. Oh yeah. Woohoo! And cigars. I'm drinking. <laughs>